0: Hi, this is Steve
1: and this is Lisa
0: and this is our podcast. What do we call it, Lisa?
1: I married a history teacher
0: because you
1: married. I married a history teacher.
0: Yeah, 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 you did. Are you still married to a history teacher?
1: As far as I am aware. Yeah, I guess that's something you can't really like change behind my back, though. So I can say confidently we are still married.
0: But I'm not a history teacher. Oh
1: anymore. <laughs> I was focused on the wrong part of that. Yeah. Sentence. No, I
0: appreciate it. I mean I appreciate you focusing on our marriage. But um, in case you haven't noticed, I actually haven't gone to school right. in about a about a year now. You're right.
1: You are yeah. not. You're always gonna be one in my heart. But no, you're not currently no. a history teacher.
0: Well that's sweet, Liz.
1: And currently you dabble in many other things. I do. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Lisa, I want to get right into it. Oh, um I'm Because we potentially could talk for a very long time tonight. So let's just do this thing. Okay. Um, If you're just tuning in, we're doing part four of the top ten most influential women of all time. Whoop whoop. Yes. So, uh, by the way, many of you skipped part two and just jumped to part three. (laughs) You you know, go back and listen to both. I know it's confusing. We dropped two in one day. It's part two and part three. And according to our numbers, part three has way more downloads.
1: Yeah, that is quite strange. It's like part one, spike, part two, drop, part three.
0: You know, these goddamn millennials, they need their instant (laughs) gratification. So they skipped the middle part just to try to get to the end to see who number one was.
1: Or maybe we've discovered something new about millennials and they actually think it goes one, three, two.
0: Ooh. Goddamn American education system.
1: Exactly. What comes back to that?
0: (sighs) Oh, well. All right, so let's review real quick. Let's see if we can do it off the top of our heads without looking at notes.
1: Okay, I think it goes one, two,
0: three. Oh, you. (laughs) You. I see what you did. All right, let's talk ladies.
1: All right, ladies. It is. Uh,
0: The ladies. Number 10 was? Oh, man. Um, Mary Anning. Mary Anning. (laughs) Okay. She was the
1: paleontologist. Yes. First ever. Number nine. Uh, Number nine was Annabelle... um,
0: Ada Lovelace. Ada Lovelace.
1: I was going to say Annabelle Lee.
0: <laughs> first computer programmer, sure. <laughs> Shout out
1: to uh, Baltimore and uh, Edgar Allan Poe's lover. Yeah, sure, um, sure. And it's also a great tavern in Baltimore if you're ever visiting. It like is. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, okay, and then number eight, we...
0: Um, Mary Wollstonecraft?
1: Yes, Mary Wollstonecraft.
0: first feminist? First feminist,
1: first female enlightenment thinker.
0: Yeah. Well, first famous one, um, and then yep. the Empress Cici, Cici, Cici from China. Good she cray, she cray. number six was your home girl from India. India Gandhi. India Gandhi. Number five, where we left off, was Rosalind Franklin.
1: Yeah, sad. that was embarrassing.
0: I still feel so embarrassed Aww. that I kept calling her Rosalind. Don't be her.
1: embarrassed. It's just uh, just a bit confusing, but people sure. will figure it out.
0: Sure. It's hackish, though. You know, we're very professional here otherwise. (laughs) You mean
1: hackish that you had to edit yourself into the podcast?
0: That and just calling. I'm like, these are the most influential women of all time. I named her number five and I don't even know her name.
1: You're just demonstrating that women are superior and it's all going along with the podcast. (laughs) Fine.
0: Yeah, there you go. Let's go. Opposite of hackish. Let's go with that.
1: Yep.
0: All right, Lisa, let's get to number four then. Okay. Rosalind Franklin, by the way, discovered the uh, proper structure of DNA. If you, oh yeah, if you missed part three, mm-hmm. um, so I'm really excited to do number four. She was the one I was most excited to talk about.
1: Hmm. But number four.
0: Yeah. So number four, Lisa. Um, I, just starting off is super interesting, Lisa. If I ask you name the most famous woman by name through all of history, who would you name? Oh.
1: Oh, my brain's going some weird places. Is it? Yeah, I'm I'm like, my head writ immediately to um, Joan of Arc. Oh, no, that's a good one. Yeah. Oh, really? And like Amelia Earhart. Yeah. Which I, I read. I just saw a headline that they might have more clues about her disappearance, which is exciting. Um, but, uh, yeah, those are, I guess that's those what Those are, are the mind. two that come across? Uh, yeah, Mary Washington. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. That's a weird one. I don't
0: know. <laughs> uh, you were thinking quite, quite like an American as well. Um, oh, yeah. But John, well, no, of Mark, Mark no. was French. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the very first person I looked into was this person and I would argue that she's the most famous name in history. Oh, Cleopatra. There it is. Yeah. <clears throat> Cleopatra, right? Yeah. And it was very interesting researching Cleopatra because when I first read this tiny little snippet of her, I was like, if she's just some female, like pretty female leader of Egypt. Like, no, she's not even going to be on my list. She's not going to be honorable mention. Mm-hmm. But then the more I dive dove in Mm -hmm. dove in Mm -hmm. and researched her she was climbing up and up and up my lists. so she by far increased the most with the more i researched her to fall to number four and not to mention like like the top three or like the power three and no one was going to break the top three so she's like one b almost you know what i mean like she's like the first of the second tier
1: Okay, I guess that's (laughs) 1B.
0: Yeah, I guess. Tier 1B. All right. Um,
1: uh, Or just, you know, the second tier. Yeah. But, um, okay, so she's like kind of like an onion. Like the more you peel back the layers, the more
0: punchy it gets. (laughs) Like Shrek, yeah. Um, (laughs) But, yes, and and here's the thing. She's so famous by name. But can you tell me anything about Cleopatra other than she was a pharaoh of Egypt?
1: Um, I mean, no. I mean, I think she comes along with a lot of, like, imagery. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I don't.
0: Yeah, and that's what I find so fascinating is I, I was a history teacher. Granted, I never taught as far back as her. Right. But I really didn't have any idea what she was other than being some famous, apparently pretty – we're going to talk about her appearance and what we think about her now yeah. a little bit. But she actually had her hand – and some of the craziest shit that went down during, like, the Egyptian and Roman empires. Huh. So we're going to talk about her her general role and, like, like the, the relationships she was involved in, okay? Now, okay. let's talk a tiny bit of background. I'm not – we don't need to do a lot – too much background. She's not common to – Popular belief, she's not the first female pharaoh. Contrary to popular belief, yes. she's not
1: the first. She's not the first female. No, pharaoh.
0: she is, however, the last pharaoh of the empire of Egypt,
1: and um. we're going to talk
0: about that because she wasn't the last like royalty of Egypt, but but she was but, the last pharaoh. Okay. All right. Now, um, she's going to take over Egypt when it was like collapsing. It was in a. It was in disrepair.
1: And and when is this roughly?
0: Um this is in like right before year zero. So she was born in um sixty-nine BCE. (laughs) Okay. Supposed to say nice. No, that's what you say. No, let's try this. again. Every time you hear that number. Let me let's try this again. (laughs) She was born in 69. I never signed up for that. She was born in 69 BCE.
1: How interesting!
0: (laughs) No, damn it, Lisa, play along. Nice. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So this is like right before year zero, right? A lot of crazy things happening in your sorry Rome around this time period, the Roman Empire.
1: At that time, did they know that they were approaching year zero?
0: (laughs) Maybe. Maybe (laughs) they feel they felt it coming. Um, We're about to be literally nothing. Yes. Yeah. Um, Okay. Interestingly, she's actually Macedonian by blood. She was one of the people, like, so, like, uh, Alexander the Great conquered everywhere, right? And then one of his generals, like, took over, like, a bunch of land and the areas that that, uh, Alexander took over. And then she's from that lineage. Um, Alexander's head top general. And they ruled in Egypt for, like, four centuries or something, ending with... Cleopatra as the last pharaoh.
1: And so if she inherited it in a state of disrepair, it was her family's fault.
0: Yeah, to to a large extent, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like when we see Cleopatra now, we see a lot of images of her. She's she's portrayed as an Egyptian. Yes. And it is thought that she has, was at least partially Egyptian.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, if they were living in Egypt for that long, right? Yeah,
0: but those people were like super what even you held power, like you were pretty ancestral. So it's like we can assume that they're like at least historians now think that she was like part Egyptian, part Macedonian, but mostly Macedonian. So huh. like sort of Eastern European. Maybe almost.
1: that's why everyone was more violent back then. They mm-hmm. were all just like oh. And fucked up from incest
0: oh yeah for sure that definitely plays a whole role in our history no, of it, people starting wars because they're like so, psychopathic that's the, also god we do this so much but game of thrones the mad <laughs> king the targaryens were right. all inbred and that's right. why the mad king was so crazy
1: right 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 but yeah
0: all that's based on great i wonder history.
1: why they don't talk about that more. And, i don't know they always have these other theories about what causes violence one's ever like
0: mm-hmm.
1: well things went a little sour in, yeah. in their minds Um, Okay. So she is considered Egyptian, but mostly not thanks to incest.
0: She was very pro-Egyptian. Like she was all about it. She was all about Egyptian culture. She didn't try to like force Macedonianism on anyone. That's why you always see her portrayed in Egyptian art. She looks Egyptian. She told – artists to portray her that way she wanted oh, okay. to be one with the egyptian people
1: okay but also macedonia i mean it's mediterranean ish right so i mean it's yeah, not yeah. like they're gonna they look so different
0: sure but yeah. when we all know what it looks like for, because it's one of the first things we ever see but egyptian like art style is very like that old art oh yeah style. No, it's very recognizable it's very recognizable and that's how she wanted to be portrayed Got it. um now we don't know this yet things are changing Right? Mm -hmm. So the old school way of thinking is that Cleopatra Mm -hmm. used her sex appeal and her beauty to seduce Julius Caesar. No way. Yes. The fuck? To be like her bottom bitch. Like Julius Caesar's bottom bitch. You know what I'm saying? Like Julius Caesar's married. Uh Uh-huh. But he was like in love with Cleopatra.
1: What? What? Yes. I mean, I some weird flashbacks Some like weird movie or show I watched, and it was like Cleopatra with all these random historical figures. And I was like, what are they doing? And I'm like, now I'm like, okay, maybe it wasn't so random. Um,
0: no. So wow. he, he – the two of them were thick as thieves. Like, so how
1: were they – what were they – you can't even exactly Jet Set back then. I mean, what were they doing? Like
0: writing each other's letters? And, well, I mean, he was in Rome. She's in Egypt. I mean, you just cross the Mediterranean and you're there. And So they were just taking a lot of boats? Yeah, and like Caesar spent a significant amount of time in Egypt with Cleopatra.
1: Wow. Yeah. Wow. At the height of his reign?
0: Yeah, and they had, yeah, oh yeah, big time. And they had like babies and stuff.
1: They had babies. Oh, Julius yeah. Caesar and Cleopatra had children.
0: Here's the fun part you know what they, they named the baby? Um. I well, they, it was, miss. sorry, it, it, they gave him a different name. But their son was called, I want to say, it can't be pronounced this way, but it's like Caesarian, which okay. is like Latin for Little Caesar, like the pizza, Little Caesars. That's what his nickname was, Little Caesar. He was the son of Cleopatra and Julius Caesar.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. I just have this like weird image of like Cleopatra and Caesar holding a little...
0: Caesar's bomb. Pizza. Yeah, a, little Caesar, a little hot and yeah. ready pizza. Yeah, like, well it's colliding.
1: Um, wow. Okay. So that's crazy. Yes. That's crazy. Okay.
0: Now, Lisa, mm-hmm. you're a smart lady. Sometimes. What happens to old Julius Caesar? Have you heard about this? Have you seen this?
1: I mean, he gets killed.
0: Yeah. He gets murdered. Yeah. Right. He gets murdered because he's gaining too much power. He is the Caesar... Right, that's the title. Actually, his name's Julius. He's like basically, you know, King Julius, basically, right? Huh. Caesar. All right. Now he's going to get murdered. Everyone yeah. knows this. Yeah, everyone knows that. He everyone gets murdered. knows he gets murdered. Yeah. Right, and when he gets murdered, by the way, side side, uh, just quick side note: uh-huh. the word czar, like a Russian czar, yes. that comes from Caesar. That that's why it's a czar in Russia instead of a king or whatever. They adopted it through the Russian language, which is like Russian for Caesar. Isn't that fun? It
1: just doesn't sound very Russian. They don't seem like adopters of no. things like it from the West. That's a good point. Um, okay, so okay, so he gets murdered, and after he gets murdered, uh, the Roman Empire collapses. Right?
0: No, 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 no. See, this is the, tough. All the Roman shit is tough. So Caesar is the head of the Roman Republic. Okay. All right. So it's a republic. People are voting. There's like council members, all sorts of stuff. It's like a parliamentary system. It's one of like the first real democracies in the world. Okay. Julius Caesar's getting too much power, so his enemies murder him. So what you're going to see is the collapse of the Roman Republic. Mm-hmm. Pause there. Hold on to that. Keep it in your pocket. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, you are in your pajamas Don't have uh, pockets no, no, no. Yeah. It's
1: total oversight Okay, I'll keep it somewhere um, Okay
0: Now, after he dies Something takes over called the second triumphant Which is basically an oligarchy It's three people running the country Okay These three people One of them is named Lapidus Okay, <laughs> screw Lapidus We don't need to know him He's dumb, get him out of here Toss him out of your pocket
1: Alright
0: Alright Uh, Then you have Octavius, very important, and most importantly to the story, you have Mark Anthony.
1: Okay.
0: Do you know Mark Anthony or only the pop singer? Mark Anthony.
1: I mean, I do know Mark Anthony, but my brain didn't go there when you said his name. Yes. Maybe because of that excellent Italian accent. (laughs) Big differentiator.
0: So, Mark Anthony. Now, (laughs) he...
1: (laughs) It's Marco. <laughs>
0: but Marco Antony.
1: <laughs> um, yeah.
0: Marco Antini. Okay. Uh, he was given control of the eastern part of the empire, which very importantly included Egypt. Oh. Egypt uh. was something, sorry, it wasn't part of the Roman Republic. It was something called a client state. The client state is when Rome could, if they wanted to, take over Egypt at any time. But they're like, we don't feel like doing that and stretching our forces that far. So if you just pay us some money, we'll help you out when you need to be helped out. But you have to pay us money, and that's what Egypt was under Cleopatra—a client state of the Roman Republic.
1: And and she arranged that?
0: No, this was this is she inherited the client state. Okay. okay. All right. Remember, I told you Egypt was in disrepair.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So they, right. that's why they made that deal. Okay, guys. Okay. So so this new guy, Antony. Mm-hmm. He decides to exercise his right to take over Egypt because they're a client. No,
0: no, He doesn't take over Egypt. What's going to happen oh, is sorry. he is – Cleopatra yeah. is going to somehow seduce, whether it was intellectually or physically or both, seduce Mark Antony because Caesar's dead. She lost her man. Their relationship, like that tie with the Romans was, was keeping Egypt together. But then Caesar dies, so she needs that tie again. She needs to keep Egypt together Mm. because they're struggling so much. She needs to maintain that powerful relationship with Rome, which was a way more powerful empire by this time.
1: Yeah, it makes sense.
0: Right? So she seduces him. Apparently, the legend is she like... Dressed up as I think Athena or some uh, one of the Greek goddesses or something. Mm, smart lady. Yeah, like decked her boats out in purple and gold and like sailed across the Mediterranean and be like, I would like to talk to Mark Antony. Like dressed seductively and like some sort of godlike <laughs> cosplay. <laughs> In like, you know, 54 BCE or some shit like that. When she was only 14, so it's probably a little bit late. Oh, my goodness.
1: Wow. She is No, 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 no. Oh. Sorry,
0: sorry. I named 54 BC, which was a random number in between. But.
1: Okay. So, wow. It's so funny because it's like, and you see this play out all the time, but men, I mean, it's so obvious that a woman is doing this. Like overtly and not because they're attracted to you, because, but for some other reason. And it's like they don't care. Like it's just like yeah. they just fall for it every
0: time. Yeah. Also We're stupid men. Change. We're very simple. <laughs> We're simple-minded people.
1: <laughs> yeah. History would be so different if it wasn't for incest and the yeah. fact that men are uncontrollable around women.
0: History is like literally a study of, of sex and murder. That's really yeah. all it is. And it's, it's like mm. men murdering people trying to have sex. That's essentially what it is.
1: Yeah, but he got some fun stuff with the philosophers and enlightenment.
0: Yeah, and that's why I like and to fight and, like focus on those people so yeah. much. Is yeah, that yeah. it wasn't violent. It was just like people being like, Hey, we can embetter ourselves by studying things. Yeah. Like yes. you don't have to murder that <laughs> you dude. <say> <laughs> that's a good one. Embetter? Yeah, no, that's a word. <laughs> right? Yeah, totally. Embetterment. <laughs> um, but anyway, let's move on, yeah? Yeah. So she also seduces Mark Antony. Very strategically, right? Yes, yes. Now, Mark Anthony's basically going to move to Egypt because of her. Oh well yeah, I mean after that show. Here's the problem. Mark Anthony also married. Guess who he's married to?
1: Do I know would I know them?
0: Octavius's sister. Oh. One of the members of the Triumph. Bro, you got to be in
1: a monarchy
0: to do that. Don't yeah. be all oligarching it up. <laughs> yeah, dude. And then marrying
1: one of their relatives.
0: Yeah. That's huge oversight. So married to Octavius's sister. Oh, that's great. Is, you know, Cleopatra's is a side piece, but who has three children of his.
1: Cleopatra does. Yes. She's racking up quite the, quite the brood here.
0: Yes. Now, the two of them have a big misstep. They get too involved with each other. They're like too in love. Everything's too passionate. Cleopatra's trying to save her people. Mm -hmm. Convinces Mark Antony to go to the triumph of Lepidus and Octavius and say, you know what we should do? Move the capital of Rome to Alexandria in Egypt. Octavius, who's already pissed at Mark Antony... Was like, fuck you, bro. What are you, nuts? And declares war against Mark Antony.
1: Wow. How does that even work? Like, who's fighting with who? So
0: all of these different Romans, uh, these different generals and stuff like that, they all have their followers. So people follow. Like, if you're a Roman soldier, you're not necessarily tied to just be fighting for Rome, like you have your allegiance to one of the triumphants and then you probably have a general within like their leaders that you also have allegiance to. It's not just one unified army, the way you think like the American army. It's like people have different allegiances within the army.
1: Huh, that's very complicated.
0: It is, but, like, this is Rome. I mean, it's, like, only, like, the third empire we've ever had, so things are, like, you know, they're still figuring things out.
1: Yeah, no, thanks, guys. I mean, I, I appreciate everyone <laughs> experimenting to get us to where we are today. Um, okay, so so he uses his faction, declares war on Mark Antony's
0: yes. faction. Yes.
1: Whereby a vote could have been a lot easier, but, again, <laughs> no. we're learning.
0: Yes, so they're going to go to war, okay? Yeah. Where do they even fight? Well, like in parts of Rome, North Africa, stuff like that.
1: They just like, don't they have to like pick? I mean, they're like, hey, meet me in North Africa so we could beat each other they up. They
0: actually kind of do stuff like that. <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't know. There's um,
1: just something really inorganic and hilarious
0: about that to me. Oh, well, war was like, war back in the day was more like old school fights. Like, you know, like the meet me behind the bleachers. Yeah, that's like
1: literally exactly what it was reminding me of. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Okay.
0: All right. All right. Mark Antony is going to lose the war. Okay, both of them, Mark Antony and Cleopatra, are going to commit suicide.
1: Whoa, that actually sounds really vaguely familiar. I feel yeah. like I heard that
0: one time. They don't do it together. It's not like a Romeo and Juliet thing, like. Uh,
1: yeah, I just I feel like I do remember like getting killing herself.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. And it's actually controversial whether she actually killed herself or Ooh. whether uh-huh. Octavius gave her the choice to commit suicide before she was like prated around as like a, like, look at this harlot who ruined the Egyptian empire. Uh. So she apparently is somehow bit by an asp, um, which is a poisonous snake that lives in the Nile, um, while she's under, like, the guard of the Roman Empire under Octavius.
1: Wow. Egyptian suicide methods are pretty cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not mm-hmm. to glorify that, but, mm-hmm. um, huh, a, a freaking poisonous snake in the Nile. Yes. Um, okay. And so just to be clear, I'm assuming this, is, that's even worse for Egypt, right? I mean, again, I'm confused about oh, this factions. The, no, and, okay. Yeah, yeah. But so like. So
0: Egypt is done now.
1: Okay. And so was there, because there was more fighting or just because they're like. Whoa. Here's
0: what's going to happen. It goes from being a client state, which is semi-autonomous. Yeah. To being a full, just part of the Roman empire. It is under Roman rule. Okay. 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 Um, that actually, that moment, the death of Mark Antony and Cleopatra, is the shift from the Roman Republic to the Roman Empire. And it is Octavius who changes his name to Augustus. Augustus Caesar, Augustus means the revered one, is considered the first emperor of Rome.
1: Whoa, okay. Yes. That's the confusion. Okay, got it. So mm-hmm. Julius Caesar deserves kind of more credit for strengthening the Republic to become what it eventually does. Yes. But he's not. He had he not ruled
0: over it at its height. No. He's never actually a, a Roman Empire. It's a common misconception. Yeah, he just ruled over a state, a nation yeah. state. Okay. Wow. Yes. Now, here's where some fun stuff comes in, Lisa. Okay. Does the name Augustus remind you of any word that we commonly use? perhaps even the time period of what it is right now, August. August? August. So the month of August uh-huh. is named after Augustus. What? After After like, winning this war, the Romans in the Julian calendar, which is what we use, Julian named for Julius Caesar... And what his calendar that the Romans designed, we don't, sorry, we don't actually use the Julian now. We use something very close to it. Okay. So Julius creates the Julian calendar. Uh
1: Uh-huh.
0: Augustus, okay, that's what August is named after. And guess what July is named for? Julius. Julius Caesar. So that's what we celebrate... It's like when it's July, we're celebrating Julius Caesar, and when it's August, we're celebrating the defeat of Cleopatra and Mark Antony in this war between the Romans and the Egyptians. Or it's actually kind of more accurate to say a Roman civil war.
1: Wow! So Cleopatra slept with July,
0: yeah. her mistakes
1: led to August. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> there definitely, you go.
1: definitely a summer chick,
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure.
1: Wow! Um. Okay, so are we saying that she's influ- massively influential because of those things that happen? Again, sorry, I kind of get caught up in, like, I, no, yeah, so she yeah, didn't no, like no, do no, anything, like, is, great, right?
0: Not she's, necessarily. You can look at her, though, as a very good leader by holding a crumbling empire together for as long as she did.
1: Yeah, using her yeah. strategy and her feminine wiles.
0: Yes, Again, um, we're going to talk about that, but I want to talk about that entirely last. Okay. Okay. So for just being Cleopatra and being so famous, she there's a, a Shakespeare play called Mark Antony and Cleopatra. There's mm. several movies and shows based off of her. I think that alone gives you funneling points, right? Mm. She is someone that people can look to and be like, that woman was whatever you want to call her. She was magnificent. You know yeah. what I mean?
1: Yeah, like, that's so true. I mean, it still holds up today, right? I mean, she oh yeah. just basically, she embodies female power and, and reverence. Mm-hmm. There's clearly reverence towards her. Yes. Um, that is very rare to see. Yeah, that's really, that. okay.
0: Her, her global points, like her general points, I think are, can also be considered. She played this huge role. And not only the collapse of the Egyptian empire, but the start of the Roman empire, which like basically is the modern day world. You know, it's the Romans that take over and have this massive influence all over Europe and North Africa and ultimately the Americas and Central Asia. I mean, it's unbelievably undeniable that, that the Romans took over and that was a huge big part of it. And like Cleopatra was the catalyst to have that happen.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it took a lot of other factors for them to want to spread that far, right? And of course, she's not yeah. the
0: only player in the game by yeah, all yeah, means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but no, no, of course, a... of course.
1: Yeah, no, that is that is yeah. that is really cool. That is really interesting.
0: Yes. What a life. Um, let's talk about a little bit of mothering points. She definitely gets some mothering points uh, because even though it became part of the Roman Empire, little Caesar, who we were talking about earlier, is going to become the. Uh, last king of Egypt. So they rule for like a little while, Egypt with a king, but like eventually they're like, you can't have a king. You're part of our empire. because so technically, little Caesar was not a pharaoh, but he was a king of Egypt. Um, so uh-huh. gets, she gets a little bit of mothering points for that, right? Um,
1: yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: Now, huh. maybe points are interesting with her. Because here's the thing about Cleopatra... We shockingly know very little about her from the Egyptian people who weirdly didn't write a lot about her. And some people have said, well, that's because she was a woman and that was how it went back in the day. Some have said it's because the place was collapsing. So it's like they didn't have a bunch of historians leisurely laying around. Laying around. Most of what we know about Cleopatra was written by Romans, like hmm. Roman historians, hmm. which was a bit of an issue. Because, yeah. you know, it's hard to say how actually effective she was or not, but if it's something being written by her enemy, it's yeah. usually safe to assume that she's probably better than she's portrayed.
1: Yeah, I would go ahead with that take. That's my, that was my assumption.
0: Yeah. Right. Um, the other thing that we can look at is, um, let's, all right, sorry, never mind. Let's just go straight to the fact of, is she some sex pot that she has been portrayed as through it, through it in the media? Okay. And... That entirely was almost based off of this, like, super machismo belief that she must have been good-looking to seduce two of the most (laughs) powerful men in the world. (laughs) You know, like, there's no way, like, some four is going to, you know, seduce Julius Caesar and Mark Antony.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'd put she probably over a four, but, (laughs) you know, who knows if she broke over seven.
0: So here's the thing. Mm Mm-hmm. A lot of new studies and like research and stuff is starting to show that she actually probably wasn't even necessarily traditionally beautiful, and that's why she seduced him. Apparently, she was just brilliant and like really flashy and like knew how to have an incredible conversation and stuff. So it was cool. more of an emotional seduction and an in intellectual seduction than it was like a physical one.
1: That's even cooler.
0: Yeah, and one of the, the I find this so funny. I find one of the things they found was a coin that had her face on it.
1: Uh-huh. And
0: they're like, you know, now that she's not all Egyptianified, she's actually kind of gross oh, looking. <laughs> like, she, her face is very really, like, masculine and stuff. Uh-huh. Um, so that was one of the things. And it's just like, I would, I'm interested to see, like, as this plays out with Cleopatra, if, like, we're going to find out really she was just, like, this badass conversationalist and shit. And that's why they were so into her. You know, that's be pretty cool. I mean, I still. It's probably a combination of both. It usually is, just like my Lisa, right? You know, <laughs> total babe, perfect conversationalist.
1: It's all a lie. I just seduced him by dressing up as a Greek god. It's uh, true. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, okay, this is this is a, this is good. I'm really I'm glad that I have more of the Cleopatra, you know, mystery filled in a bit.
0: Yes. All right. All right. All right. Before we move on, last thing real quick. Uh Uh-huh. Fun fact, Cleopatra and Mark Anthony started a drinking club. And they (laughs) named the drinking club the Inadmittable Livers. Like really good, hard-to-copy livers because they were drinking so much. And what they would do is they would disguise themselves and wander around the streets of Egypt getting hammered with the common folk. (laughs) How good is that shit, dude?
1: That sounds really fun.
0: Yeah. That, that sounds I mean, really fun. imagine, like, wandering around Alexandria getting hammered with Cleopatra.
1: That sounds fantastic.
0: That'd be dope.
1: They sound kind of like, they have, like, like, the Enlightenment vibes, you know, especially the yeah, intellectual yeah, stuff and, like, yeah, the, yeah. the drinking and the You Still CKC. like to
0: have a good time?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right, Lisa, let's move on. You okay. Let me let's pour go. more of this really crappy wine.
1: Oh, yeah, I meant to ask. Not, not good?
0: Not great, no.
1: Yeah, this, it, it keeps following our work, rule. Our Airbnb guests always leave, sh- leave shitty alcohol.
0: And they do. <laughs> but we they still do. drink it. But we're going to drink it because it's free. <laughs> um, we're certainly not making any money off this podcast. <laughs> um, so anyway, let's talk about number three. Mm-hmm. This is going to go quickly, Lisa.
1: Okay, we'll see.
0: It is going to go quickly because we've already done an entire episode on her. Oh. Number three, entering the big wigs, is an English queen named Queen Victoria. Queen Victoria. Now, yes. this is going to be kind of lame from this episode standpoint, but we have one of my favorite episodes. legit one of my favorite episodes. It's called The Opium and the OG, and it is about Queen Victoria and what she did to pretty much most of Asia. Mm. Um so she's not a really good one. She's not a very, She's not on here for being influential for being good. But yeah. in case you haven't listened to the Opium and the OG, which would be shocking
1: cuz I feel like everyone hangs on our every word and every every single podcast. That is
0: an excellent point. I don't even know why I'm wasting their time. Yeah, they clearly God, remember what. So bored what we're right talking. now. But yeah. just
1: in case for the one new listener.
0: Yes. So to sum it up, she is going to be like huge in turning the United Kingdom into a massive empire. During her rule, the UK is officially going to take over one quarter of the world. Yeah, you can't really deny her power. Yeah, it's that's insane. Yeah, she had over four hundred million subjects. I wish I knew how many people lived at that time because that sub, like that would be a way more impressive stat if I knew. But there mm. weren't seven billion people yet. I'll tell you that oh, much. Oh heck
1: no, heck nobody. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, she is basically also from that episode. Um, she's going to destroy essentially all of India's lower class by forcing them to uh, only grow cr- cash crops, so a lot of them die of famine. She's going to get the entire country of China completely addicted to opium, uh, which is going to largely lead to the total collapse of China into communism.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, which ushered in a whole fun period.
0: Yes. So I think I'm gonna leave it at that. There's no sense in doing this whole big thing on Queen Victoria again when we've already done a like forty five minute episode. Wow, that was quick. All right. Quick mothering points though. I feel like it's clear, right, why she's number three. Yeah, super clear. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Forgot six. I mean a quarter of the world. Yeah, was I, under and three
1: again, four. like men did did that shit constantly. Mm-hmm. I mean. Mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. If she was a man, they'd probably call her Queen Victoria the Great. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> uh, but anyway, this is a fun side note before we move on. She gets serious mothering points. She is going to have something like 12 kids. And the way things worked in Europe back then, like you're all the same rich families were connected, even across different countries, right? Mm-hmm. So it was all sort of like extended families that were in charge of England and and France and Italy and all sorts of shit. So she carried the hemophilia gene. The hemophilia gene is, her hemophilia gene is going to get passed to Tsar Nicholas II, was going to pass it on to his son, which you might remember from the Rasputin episode, that the reason Rasputin gained so much power in collapsing he, Russia?
1: He, they thought he cured the hemophilia.
0: Yes, because they thought they killed the little Romanov boy's hemophilia that Cure, he, yeah. yeah, that he got, technically from Queen Victoria. How intense is that shit for mothering points?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, kinda. Of. Well,
0: <laughs> oh, right. It's her bloodline. Yeah. It's, yeah, quite I mean? literally. It's yeah. her
1: blood. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, that's crazy points, I would yes. say. Crazy coincidence points.
0: Yeah, it is yeah. at least, <laughs> at worst, a great is mothering. a great, great side note. I didn't say it Look had to be good mothering. Look at that and I how it led to rescue. I didn't say it, rat- it had to be Putin. good mothering. I did not say it had to be good mothering. <laughs> okay,
1: just uh, consequential mothering. We're talking about mothering. influence.
0: I didn't say positive influence. influence. This isn't called the 10 most positive influence All right,
1: all right, people. all right. I'll give it to you. Okay. Now,
0: number two is going to be quick as well, because we've also talked about number two before.
1: Oh, okay. Okay.
0: She was mentioned as an honorable mention in our ten most influential people of all time. And interestingly enough, number one wasn't. But honorable mentions, you have a lot of leeway, right? So they're just people I want to mention. Yeah. Do you remember who the one female honorable mention was in the ten most influential people of all time?
1: Not off the top of my head.
0: It's Queen Isabella from Oh, from Spain. From Spain. Yes, so she there's was two, also like, Yeah, and she's in there for two major, major things. She did lots of little things, as did Queen Victoria, that you can point to. But she also has two just totally major things that sort of changed the course of history. What were those two things? Do you remember?
1: Um, she kicked the Moors out of. She kicked Spain. the Muslims
0: and the Jews. Jews out of Spain.
1: Yeah, Spanish Inquisition. Yes. And shoot. Didn't she, like, conquer a lot of the world, too? Oh, no, she did. She was Columbus, duh. Yes. Columbus,
0: yeah. She hired Christopher Columbus. Yes. And we were just in Granada, Spain. We were. Pretentious. Uh, <laughs> super pretentious. <laughs> um, where we, you know, sort of saw, because she moved the capital of Spain to Granada. She did. And there's a hotel. She moved it
1: into where the, the, the
0: um, Muslims used to live. Yes. Where they were, yeah. Um, what was that building called again? The, the Alhambra. Yeah, the Alhambra. So mm-hmm. she moved that, and like that was her crib. And there's a hotel in the Alhambra called the Hotel America, because she sent Columbus yeah. to the Americas.
1: Yeah. No, it's really incredible. Because I always, you know, everyone's like, "Oh, Granada's is beautiful. You have to go." I'm like, "Cool, good enough for me." Um, and then being there, and you know, being the person that doesn't read up on history, um, I and you had told me about you know, you know, we were explaining while we were there that it really was like Granada itself was at the forefront of of the world really. I mean, that was like mm. the hub of power. For sure. It's it's really and it and it the Alhambra where they lived, I mean, it it reflected that, right? Oh, yeah. And of course they didn't build it, but um it, it just it you felt the like the like importance of it. It's just very it's quite cool. Minus all the murder and, and sure, all that sure, stuff. Sure, sure, but no one wants um, to
0: count the murder.
1: No one does, but they but it happens. Um, yes, yes, she, you can't deny her, her good decision making and her strategy and um, what she did for the country of Spain. Well, for Spaniards, anyways, Yeah, they were living there. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. Spanish Inquisition was intense.
0: We should probably do an episode just on the Spanish Inquisition. We English.
1: should, because I don't really understand a lot of it.
0: Yeah. yeah. And we will. So we'll put that on pause, which is more of a reason of why we can move forward and finally get to number one.
1: Wow. I really, after that Cleopatra, like, half hour take, I thought for sure we weren't getting, <laughs> getting to number one. Or well, two. we
0: got to move. We got to move along. Luckily, she is a scientist, because, so I don't, again, I don't know how to talk much about. What Science. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so I'm hoping this will move on pretty quickly. But if not, we'll just have our longest episode ever. Okay. Sounds exciting. Uh, you know, you seem to be doing all right. You got I'm a lot doing. of energy. I got energy. yeah, attention. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is good shit. Yeah. I am
1: wrapped with attention.
0: Yeah. Um, so, number one, do you know? Do you think you know who it is? There should be a name in your head that is, that is is missing that we haven't spoken about at all. Who was like a huge, positive influence for women everywhere. She's a scientist. Uh, This is embarrassing. It's not embarrassing. Can I get a hint? uh, We associate her with being French, but she's actually not French. She's a lot to do with radioactivity. She was married to another famous scientist with the same last name because they got married. (laughs) Uh, uh, Marie (laughs) Curie. Oh, whoa. Mm. I haven't thought about her. In a couple decades, I think. Yeah. Well, she is my number one most influential woman of all time.
1: Oh, this is exciting. I know
0: very little. Again, obviously, there's a huge steep bias here that she's a scientist, just like how the number one most influential person of all time was a scientist. Yep. Little Isaac. Uh, But let's get into it. Okay. Okay, she was actually born in Warsaw, Poland. She was Polish, not French. Hmm. Uh, She was born with a name that was not anywhere close to the name Marie Curie. It was very Polish, (laughs) and she hadn't married a Frenchman with the last name Curie yet. By the way, his name was... Pierre Curie. Is that the most French name that you've ever heard in your life? very, very French. <laughs> right. And then he was like, and you will be Marie. So yes. our
1: Frenchness is complete.
0: Mm-hmm. She's highly associated with France because, so she was brilliant Poland and like just the treasure. But like this mm-hmm. comes down to essentially money and resources. Hmm. You needed to go to a country with money and resources to really become influential okay. if you were a scientist. That's why we have all of those English scientists, because they had money and power and leisure time. Mm. France did also. They had great schools. Mm-hmm. So Marie Curie, she goes to Paris. She's thriving in Paris. She says, like, her, those first years in Paris were, like, the happiest days of her life. Because oh. she's, like, finally able to do absolutely nothing but study her science. She apparently slept, like, five hours a day and, like, would barely eat. Oh. She was just constantly studying. That's really quite cool. Um, Yes. So her most important work came along when she was studying uranium. Now, uranium was one of the few radioactive materials that they knew of, like, elements that they knew existed. So, like, radioactivity at this time was, like, brand new.
1: Like the the concept of it. Yes. Yeah.
0: Um, So her and Pierre were studying this stuff, and while they are studying it, they discovered two elements. One of them is called polonium. Okay. Polonium is also radioactive. Uh-huh. Polonium, very cutely, is actually named for the country of Poland.
1: It is a polonium or polonium.
0: P O L O N I U M. Polonium. Polonium. Okay. Yep. All right. So it's actually named for Poland. She named it from her hometown, which is gorgeous. You know, I love that. Mm. Yeah.
1: I love that. So whoever
0: discovers the elements gets to name them. That's adorable. Yeah, so she named it polonium. Um, polonium is the less important one of the two she discovers. The other one she discovers is radium. And radium is like her element. Like that's her shit. That's her jam. Uh, super radioactive, and it, but it's also like super pretty. So you can like summon again, I don't know how to explain science, but you can activate radium and it, it glows. <laughs> it doesn't need light to glow. It's like a glowing bluish green light. Wow. When it's isolated,
1: if that wasn't radioactive, I feel like that could have been the, the the new diamond, or the old diamond.
0: Well, kind of so. When it first came out, they were using it for all sorts of shit because they didn't realize how dangerous it was yeah. yet. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. like one of the things they did is like, do you ever remember like growing up and you see those like watches that would glow in the dark? So even when it was dark, you could look at your down at your yeah. analog watch and see what time it was. Mm-hmm. So they started doing that type of shit with radium. And they try to use like lights, like radium lights and stuff like that. But obviously, none of that stuff stuck. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So she's going to come up with all sorts of stuff about what we know about radio, like radioactivity. Um, She is like realizes that radioactivity is actually coming from within the atom. It is not something that's done to an atom. Which is yeah. the complete opposite of what they believed. Uh, so, radioactivity is coming from that like nucleus of the atom itself.
1: Okay, whereas they thought maybe it was like the oxygen like causing that. Yeah, happen, like, well, like, like it
0: is not like when an avocado gets oxidized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. By the way, if you're out there and you're listening to this and you eat avocados and you throw them away when they turn brown, it's just oxidation. Don't throw them away. Stir up the avocado, get some oxygen flown in there, and it tastes the exact same. I thought it was brown because there was oxygen flowing. No, that's what it is. That's what's happening. It's green when you cut into it because there's no oxygen getting in there. But once it's exposed to a lot more oxygen, it turns brown. But no, no, I understand. Starts. But
1: I was saying when you said stir it up, get the oxygen flowing. It's like we don't want more oh, oxygen Oh, flowing. sorry. Yeah. The Ignore that part. <laughs> <laughs> I don't
0: know. Just, just stir it up, turn it green again and eat it. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. It yeah. tastes good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so she also, a big part of what she does with the radium is she realizes that they can be used to make really good, accurate x-rays, and she is the first person. She doesn't invent x-rays. That's also a misconception about her. She doesn't invent x-rays at all. They've been around for forever. However, no one had really thought to use them for surgeries. So she would use x-ray machines, like we'll talk about how she uses it really practically later. But she's going to be like – invents this concept of like let's use this for medical purposes because we can actually see within the human body this can fucking change science like medicine. So that's a huge part of her contribution right there, right?
1: Okay. But – and that's not necessarily re- related to the radium because x-rays were already existing.
0: No, but she, she – you can use x-rays using different elements. She yeah. uses the radium to make x-rays. Okay. Again, okay. please do not ask me too many details. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> um, big things that she does is that she goes to France, and apparently French education at the time was like super stern and boring. It was like a French dude would open his book that he wrote, read it to you, and then leave, and that was the whole class.
1: That seems uh, like a waste of resources, really. Right. write the book if you
0: read it. Yeah. Um, But she hated that, right? So what she is going to do is she actually brings lab work to French education. She becomes a teacher because she needs money this whole time, of course, right? She's from Poland. She's living in Paris. So she needs money. So this whole time she's doing all these incredible discoveries and all this shit. She's also teaching and she brings lab science to French education, which obviously, for you're talking to influence, think about how many French scientists that shit like inspires. Mm. That all of a sudden, they're not listening to people talk about atoms, they're actually working with them themselves and studying cells and shit. That is super cool. Yeah.
1: Wow. She's so ingenious. Oh, yeah. So like, creative.
0: Um, yes. It, just even to prove it, one of her actual students that was in one of her classes discovered another element... So this is a third element associated with her. One of her direct students discovered it and she named it Francium as like an allusion to Marie Curie, who studied in France and named an element polanium. This student of hers mm-hmm. named it Francium. Um, wow. So that's kind of, that's like pseudo-mothering points, right?
1: I mean, yeah, you could kind kind of. Kind of teach we're gonna her as talk a
0: about her mothering points, don't you worry. Oh. Strap in for her mothering points, okay? <laughs> Now, uh, even, again, uh, her work, her notes, Mm. were also used to discover a fourth element after she had died that was called curanium, named after, obviously, (laughs) the Curies. Right? So she's heavily associated with four different elements. Yeah, she's lighting up that periodic table. (laughs) Right? That's so cool. Um, Big practical thing that Marie Curie is known for, war breaks out in Europe. Uh-huh. Okay. She's not sitting around twiddling her thumbs. She's fucking Marie Curie. Right? Yeah. So she is going to the start of which war? World War 1. Okay, okay. Right? So she gets a bunch of these weird French cars that had these big backs to them that were popular at the time, right? She is going to put a generator on the back of them and an x-ray machine on the back of them. She gets a fleet of I think it was 20 of these cars and she goes to battlefields drives up with these mobile x-ray machines. So when people get shot or they get hit with shrapnel, back in the day, the, the surgeons would just cut you open and start pulling shit out. But she took them to all the battlefields, mobile x-ray units, right? So they could be like, oh, he shot the leg, x-ray the leg, here's the bullet, let's take out the bullet. Wow. And she organized this herself. She was like literally driving these vehicles and running these x-rays. With like hired a nurse. So every machine it had a driver and it had a nurse and it had a um, X-ray operator. Wow. She did all of this shit by herself. Wow. Yes.
1: She I was gonna say she's like preceded some of like that's some Red Cross shit right there. Right. But that was later, the after the Red Cross was founded, um, yeah. based on similar stuff. But um huh. wow.
0: They that's so cool. They estimate historians estimate that she treated over one million soldiers with her fleet of x-ray machines. One million. Oh that's my how, god. That's how quickly they were running through these x-rays and like giving directions to field surgeons. Like that is so that cool. That
1: is so badass. Yeah, dude. Okay, I'm so
0: glad she's number one. Yeah, she she's so awesome. They called them petite curies. But <laughs> it's petite mean small. Yeah, so it's like a little x-ray because <laughs> you can you can you can transport it. <laughs> Um, we talked about all that part. Now let's talk about the really badass thing. Okay. She was given the Nobel prize Mm -hmm. for, um, physics for her and her husband's discoveries of those elements and how to like operate those elements. I also just like love this verbiage, right? Like her and her husband.
1: Like yeah. Marie and her husband.
0: You know, like it's <laughs> the opposite yeah. of everything. It's not the opposite. No, but then <laughs> Maria's first. Maria's first for sure, right? So they were both given the Nobel Prize. Yeah. She becomes the first female to win the Nobel Prize. Wow. Then, eleven years later, she wins the Nobel Prize again wow. for chemistry. Wow. For studies on radioactivity and how it works and what we know about radioactivity. Jesus Christ. Okay. That made her the first human, not the first female, the first human to ever win two Nobel Prizes. Wow. That is so... Only three other dudes have done it since. Four total. Marie Curie, first one.
1: Wow.
0: Then, not only that, Lisa, Marie and, uh, uh, sorry, Pierre mm-hmm. Curie have a daughter. That daughter goes on... To also win a Nobel Prize. (laughs) How good is that for Mother Earth? They're just a
1: peace factory, the Curie household.
0: Yes, yes. You know, it's also hysterical. Mm -hmm. Before she won that Nobel Prize, she married a dude who was a big humanitarian who went on to win the Nobel Peace Prize.
1: Um, oh, sorry. I was confu- confusing Nobel Prize with Nobel Peace Prize.
0: No, they're all under the same prizes. There's different Nobel. There's like Nobel for literature, um, physics, chemistry, peace, but they're all Nobel um, Prizes.
1: I thought they were like all peace because all of those advances lead, you could argue lead to peace.
0: Oh, no. That's no. embarrassing. <laughs> I never
1: realized that. Yeah. No um, fun
0: trivia. I think most people know this by now. Mm-hmm. But do you know who Nobel was, but the Nobel Peace Prize is named after? I don't, unfortunately. It's the guy who invented dynamite.
1: Oh, How ironic, ironic is that?
0: Ironic. <laughs> yeah.
1: Although now that I know that not all the categories are peaceful, yeah. then. Um, yeah. Wow. That is, wow.
0: Yeah, she's a really amazing woman. She's so my she favorite person. So she deserves all of the general points. She deserves... All of the funneling points. Um, Not a lot of maybe points um, because we pretty much know what she was responsible for and it's all pretty badass. Yeah, well,
1: and it sounds like she had so much respect that people weren't trying to distort or take credit for her accomplishments.
0: Not nearly as much Rosalind and
1: She had one kit.
0: No, she actually had two kids. The other daughter, though, was not, like, super into science. She was kind of like the black sheep. But apparently it was very sweet and everyone loved her and everything. She just wasn't, like, an intense scientist.
1: Yeah, no, there's there's plenty of ways to live. Yeah. Um, I just can't imagine having all those accomplishments and then
0: raising two kids, too. It's yeah. crazy. Here are some maybe points for you, actually. Yeah. She was good friends with Albert Einstein, so who knows what Einstein learned from her as well? Because <sighs> Einstein, also extremely influential is that right? This girl is queen of the universe. Yeah. She's Fuck awesome. Yeah, Marie. Yeah.
1: Wow. Guess how like she
0: died though. Should be pretty obvious.
1: Radio Oh no, cancer. Yeah,
0: she got cancer, like a, a weird sort of cancer no. of like bone, I think it was, maybe blood. Um, how old? Ooh, I don't know, but too young. Too young for a mind so brilliant.
1: That makes me sad. Yeah. But hey, way to way to make those years count. Holy shit. Yeah. Wow.
0: Yes, right. and those are my ten most influential women of all time. And I, I like that it went, the, the top three went so quickly because it's like so much of what they did kind of speaks for itself, right? That's true. Their that's story true. doesn't need to be as told the way Mary Anning's story needs to right, be told. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Um, Lisa, yeah. if you don't mind, I really want to break down a couple things statistically. I know we're almost at an hour. Okay. But that's fine. This is the end of an epic, right? <laughs> um just to give it, uh, you know, to put things in perspective here, five political leaders were on this list, four scientists, and only one writer slash sort of philosopher in Mary Wollstonecraft. Hmm. Um, I think that says a lot, right? It basically says you either have to have a brilliant fucking mind or come from one hell of a family to be able to take political power to be that influential of a woman, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, Maybe that makes sense.
0: Um, let's do a quick breakdown of where they came from. Five Brits, one Chinese, one Spanish, one Indian, and two people with multiple associations with this Cleopatra Mm -hmm. and Marie Curie, technically, who's, you know, Polish, but it was really France that kind of made her who she is, right? So, again, we are very Western-centric.
1: But I think it's good that you had mentioned that, you know, it's really about the resources and being able to, Mm. to pursue those things. So it's less about, you know whatever ethnicity or whatever it's just what was provided to you the tools that you had at your disposal right and
0: other than obvious bias of my western education that is it right it it comes down to resources and to be honest with you i don't want to get i want to tread lightly here but it also comes down to a lot of cultural factors of how women are treated (laughs) because the west isn't great to women but if you're looking at it relatively, like there's no way that like Saudi Arabia is going to produce a Marie Curie. Yeah. I mean, they just got the right to drive for God's sake. Yeah. So. So I think most of these women have the most opportunities if they're coming from westernized nations.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah it all makes sense. Wow. Yeah.
0: Also, Go last ladies. fun fact: mm-hmm. if you count Marie Curie as Polish, which she was, and if you count Cleopatra. Cleopatra as Macedonia, which she basically was.
1: Uh-huh. You have
0: two Eastern Europeans in the top four. Eastern that's, Europeans.
1: That's impressive, man. Don't so count that makes, them out. Yeah, it makes him even them even more impressive.
0: Out. Yeah. Obviously less resources over there than in the West. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. All right. All that right. is it. What Four-part a marathon. Effort. Nice work, Bill.
1: I'm impressed. What do you think? I, think? I think you did excellent. Do
0: you feel like a fierce excellent. woman ready to conquer the world now?
1: I mean, after hearing Marie, I'm like... Hell's yeah! I'm a little jealous. She had such cool things to discover and a mind to match. It's hard. It's hard to get that combo.
0: Yeah. Um. But another advantage that she has, at least for like mothering points, is that if we have a child together, half of that child is not going to be a science mind. Nothing that I produce is going to win a Nobel Prize in science. I'll tell you that much.
1: That's you do not know? <laughs> it
0: might be dormant. It's just dormant in my brain. Yeah, maybe
1: it's like uh, saving all of its. It's just waiting to pass it
0: along to your offspring. Like that's how rec- selfless you are. Yeah, okay. like a recessive gene. Yeah, exactly. The, the, the science gene.
1: The science gene. Yeah, you got it stored right up in there.
0: Okay. Yeah, well, I yeah, appreciate that you. support, Lisa. Yeah, yeah, I
1: appreciate you holding out for our kids.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, again, we're too 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 long in the tooth here to talk. Uh, huh? po- no, that doesn't make sense. We're too <laughs> long in the pod. <laughs> long as the tooth means you're old. Okay. We're not old. We didn't get older now. Yeah,
1: it depends who's who's, yeah. taking, who's judging. But um, yes, it's time to wrap it up.
0: Yeah. Let's wrap it up. Let's get out of here. My name is Steve. I was a history teacher.
1: My name is Lisa, and I married him.